0: chapter 2, the book of Acts chapter 2, thank you so much, thank you so much to our musicians, our choir, thank you again to our sound and media technicians, everyone that makes this possible, every single Sunday, I've got a red light on this microphone, I don't know how long, it might last the whole service, I don't know, but... We're going to take her as far as she'll go. The book of Acts chapter 2 and verse 4. I'm going to read from the King James Version this morning. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. If you got it, would you say amen? amen. It says this, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I want to speak to you this morning on the subject, Why Speak? in tongues. Would you stretch your hands this way and pray for me as I pray for you? God, that you would anoint me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Give me the clarity of thought, the clarity of speech that is so absolutely necessary to do what you've called me to do here today. Lord, we give you the praise, the thanks, and the honor in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody in the house said amen. As you're seated, would you turn to two or three people and just testify and tell them I am blessed and highly favored in Jesus' name. I can't speak for y'all, but I, I'm telling you, this is one of those days where I'm, I'm glad I'm in church today. Just a wonderful, wonderful atmosphere here today. Thankful to be here. Well, as you know, in the calendar, we've been through Easter already, and uh, we're, we're now heading toward Pentecost Sunday. And over the next few weeks, I want to uh, want to kind of today maybe a little more teaching than preaching. I'm not sure uh, but but want to begin to look as we look forward to Pentecost Sunday a- and talk about some of these different things. And we know that anything that God has put in the Bible is there for a reason. There's nothing in the Bible that's there by accident or there just for filler. Everything that God has allowed to been put in this book is there for a purpose. Speaking in tongues is clearly in the Bible and specifically the New Testament so we know in this Pentecostal let's just be I've been in this most of my life and I think most of us that have been how many of you would say I've been in a Pentecostal church most of my life it's something I'm familiar with. Most of us that have been in this most of our life, we know that, you know, even even other denominations will have some lively worship, you know. There's some that don't believe in any instruments, but there are other non-Pentecostal denominations that have instruments and more lively worship. But if there's anything that seems to be kind of that that thing, you know, that, that others just don't understand, it is speaking with other tongues as the Spirit Gives the utterance. And so, you know, used to, you could say, well, everybody knows this stuff, but how many of you know we're living in a day and a time today uh, where. People just don't know. People are more, even church people sitting in the pews are becoming more and more biblically illiterate. And so, as we're leading up to Pentecost Sunday, I want to address this. And I told you this will probably be a little more teaching than preaching, uh, but you know, that's, uh, I'm the pastor uh, teacher, so different ones look at that different ways. And so, I want to give you the meat of the word here today. So, if you want to take notes, Don't panic on me. I'm looking at the time back there. And I have got, are y'all ready for this? I have got, I'm I'm branching way out of traditional Church of God three points here. I got ten points for you. Oh, I knew y'all were going to get scared, but I promise you, these are going to. Many of these are short, so if you're taking notes, I want you to follow me. I want you to see this. And for some of you, some of you, you know, you know, you know it's right, you know it's good. But some of you, how many of you have ever had a non-Pentecostal friend ask you that? Why? Why do y'all speak in them tongues? You know, anybody ever had that? Why do y'all do that? I hope this will help you. So maybe even if you know you say I believe in it, Pastor, but maybe this will help you when you're talking to somebody else. All right, number one of ten. Why do we speak in tongues? Because I believe it is ordained by God for the church. It is ordained by God for the church. In the book of Mark, chapter 16 and verse 17, Jesus said, They shall speak with new tongues. We find then in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 12, and verse 28, and God has set some in the church, first apostles, second prophets. So go on to the list until you get to the end of that verse, and he says, Then diversities of Tongues. Diversities means unlike, different, and varied. So God has a diversity of tongues to use as He Now, if you've been in Pentecost long enough, if you've been in some services and some altar services, then you know not everybody's tongue sounds exactly as another. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know, not everybody's going to sound the same way. That's why Scripture says there's diversity, unlike Different, very Your tongue is not going to be like somebody else's tongue. There are diversities of gifts, of talents and abilities, but it has been ordained by God for the church. I told you I was going to move here. You'll feel better now. Number two, why do we speak in tongues? Number two, it is a specific fulfillment of prophecy. How many of you know the Old Testament was not just there just as filler, just as good reading? The Old Testament, everything that happened before Christ was all types and shadows and pointing forward to what would ultimately come along, the ultimate fulfillment of all, and that was Jesus. We know that Everything in the Old Testament was pointing forward and pointing ahead. And in the book of Joel, chapter 2 and verse 28, he said, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. You say, well, pastor, that doesn't say tongues. Well, just hold on a second. We're going to put this together. Then the book of Isaiah, chapter 28 and verse 11, Isaiah says, For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people. So then, you fast forward to the book of Acts, chapter two, where our text came from. But you move on down to verse sixteen, and here we find that that the Holy Ghost has been poured out. And now they're out on the street, and people are speaking. And people are saying, "We hear man in our own tongue." We all kinds of people are out. People are asking. They come to Peter in verse sixteen, and uh, or excuse me, just a little bit before that, and they're saying, "What in the world?" It's going on. But in verse 14, Peter stands up and they ask him, What meaneth this? And then in verse 16 he says, This is that which was spoken By the prophet Joel. In other words, on the day of Pentecost, as the Holy Ghost was poured out, and it was clear that the Bible said, and they began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave the utterance, and people began to ask the question, What is this? Peter clarifies and said, This is that that was prophesied about long ago by the prophet Joel. And Jesus said in Matthew 3 and 11, excuse me, John said, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. John prophesying about Jesus, John the Baptist prophesying about Jesus said, he is going to be the one. He said, I'm going to baptize you with water under a penis, But he said, there's one coming along. And he's going to baptize you with more than just water. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Why do we speak with tongues? Because it was prophesied about. Thirdly, I told you I'm moving. Thirdly, why do we speak with other tongues? I believe because, thirdly, tongues are a sign to the unbeliever. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 22, it says this, wherefore, tongues are for a sign not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. Now, this is where I take a difference, kind of some of these more modern church approaches where they say, oh, we don't want to, we, we don't want none of that speaking in tongues in the sanctuary. We don't want any of that on a Sunday morning service. It will scare people. It will confuse people. Well, the Bible here in the book of 1 Corinthians 14.22 says t- tongues are not assigned to a believer, but tongues are assigned to an unbeliever. Let me take you back just a few years. You ready? You ready to go back? Let's go back to the 90s. Are you ready? Let's, let's scoot on back to the 90s. And I was driving down the road uh, with, with, with a uh, coworker good old Baptist boy, raised Baptist all of his life, and, uh, you know, he'd been wanting to hear me preach, you know, he said, he said, you got any tapes of you preaching? Come on, I'm taking you back now. How many of y'all remember tapes, cassette tapes? And he said, I want to hear, I want to hear you preach, and I had a cassette tape, so I popped in that old, y'all know those old blank white cassette tapes, the cheap ones that churches buy to mass produce. I popped in one of those old white cassette tapes, and, 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 and all of a sudden, I'd start preaching, I got this Baptist boy. I was driving down the road, and you know, all of a sudden I stop, and in the recording, you hear me stop and speak in tongues. And I'm just going to be honest this preacher, knowing I was with the Baptist boy, I was like, oh, oh Lord, what's he going to say about this? And you know what happened? He's like, he's like, oh! He's like, I just felt something. I was like, well, that was the Holy Ghost. <laughs> that was not me. That was not me making that up. That was the Holy Ghost. You see, I've witnessed it firsthand. Now, I know some people get nervous, and I'm going I'm to talk a little bit more, a little bit more, about how sometimes it's abuse. And listen, everybody that says they're speaking in tongues, it might not be from God. But let me just stand behind the pulpit of the Startful Church of God and reassure you that if it is of God, if it is truly of God and truly tongues that the Spirit has given the utterance, I'm telling you that it is not out of order and that those tongues are a sign to those that believe not. There have been many people that have been won to Christ when they heard someone not speak in their own language through the power of the Holy Ghost. The person speaking didn't know one word of their language, but through the power of God they spoke in a language that they did not know. I heard a story one time, and there was a story of a man named Frank. Frank was the town drunk. Frank was just drunk, and I believe he was a bootlegger as well. He was a drunk. He was a bootlegger. And one night, he stumbled into a church on a Sunday night. So he came in, and of course, it was a smaller town, and everybody knew who Frank was, the pastor included and so as Frank stumbled in and sat on that back row, it was back in the days where everybody was up in the choir. Uh, anybody remember those days sometimes in church service, especially on Sunday night, there'd be more people in the choir for the singing. There wouldn't be nobody left out in the congregation. And everybody was up in the choir, and the pastor saw him. The pastor's like, come on, Willa, let's hit this hard. I mean the choir. They, they sung their hearts out and everything, and old Frank just sat back there didn't move. So the choir gets done, and the pastor gets up, and I mean the pastor just gets to preach red hot and spitting and slobbering and everything else, and, and I mean he's just giving it all he's got. Frank never moves. When all of a sudden as things are dying down, a little blind-headed girl, halfway back, stands up and gives what everybody just assumed was just a message in tongues, All of a sudden, at the conclusion, Frank jumps to his feet, runs to the altar, weeping and sobbing and crying. They pray with him. He gives his heart to the Lord. And when they get finished, the pastor, you know how us preachers are and our fragile egos. And he was like, Frank, what was it? He said, was was it the choir? Was it the singing that just got a hold of y'all? He's like, preacher, Half y'all's folks can't even sing. It wasn't no good. (laughs) He's like, well, Frank, then was it my preaching? Did, Did I preach such a stirring message that the Lord moved on you? He said, preacher, I knew you were preaching at me the whole time. I wasn't even half listening to you. He said, well, Frank, what in the world was it that got you to run to the altar and give your heart to the Lord? And Frank said, preacher, It was when a little blind-headed, blue-eyed girl stood up, and she began to speak in a language. He said, you may not know this, but I believe it was his daddy or his granddaddy was a Choctaw Indian chief. He said, that little blonde haired blue-eyed girl that I know had no idea what the Choctaw language was got up and began to speak just as plainly and saying, Frank, Frank, I'm calling you. And he said there were some more, and I'm not going to quote all that, but it was that, he said, that arrested me. And he said, I knew if God could speak an almost extinct language through a young, blonde-headed, blue-eyed girl that I knew had no connection with that language, that was a God that I needed to listen to. That's one story. I could tell you many more stories throughout the years of missionaries going to mission fields. There was a story at Westmore Church of God in Cleveland, Tennessee uh, of, a, of a message that was given out in perfect Chinese by someone that had no idea what the, anything about the Chinese language and someone responded. You see, tongues, whether they are someone's language, a native language or a language they don't know or a heavenly language, they are a sign to the unbeliever. Fourthly, I stopped a little bit there. Don't panic. I'm watching the clock. Fourthly, why do we speak with other tongues? Because they are proof of Jesus' resurrection and glorification. The book of John chapter 16 and verse 7 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come to you, but I will depart and send him unto you Jesus here is saying listen fellas I've got to get out of here I've got to go it is expedient it is best for you that I. can you imagine that can you imagine being there and Jesus is saying hey it's going to be the best thing for you that I leave can you imagine how that blew their mind and like You're Jesus. How in the world is it going to be better for me if you go away? And he said, I've got to go because if I go not, the comforter won't come. But if I go, then I'm going to go and then I'm going to send him to you. The book of Acts chapter 2 verse 32 says, This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses, therefore being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed for this which ye now see. And here. You've got to remember where they're at. They're not that far front, they're not that far out from Jesus' death. Everybody saw the death, but there were still skeptics of the resurrection. But here Peter was telling them, look, this is that. This is that which Joel spoke about, and this is that which Jesus said he had to go because he was going to send a comforter. And this is that which you now see and hear. It was proof. Of Jesus' resurrection and glorification. Fifthly, why do we speak with tongues? Because it will provide communication with God in worship. It will provide communication with God in worship. In the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 14 and verse 2, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. Howbeit, in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. You see, when the Lord speaks through us in an unknown tongue, it isn't for communication between people. Now, I think y'all know by now, of over a year that I'm just going to call it like I've seen it. Now, some of y'all might see this is why this is why it's so hard to be Pentecostal and charismatic because. There's so many nuts out there. There's videos out there that you'll find of a couple different preachers, Kenneth Copeland and uh, Rodney Howard Brown, and they're supposedly speaking in tongues to each other and having a conversation together. But the Bible here says that if you speak in an unknown tongue, it's not unto man, it's unto God. He said, for no man understandeth it. Our general overseer, Bishop Tim Hill, tweet him, quote him on this. You've probably heard him say this before. You can never be more spiritual than you are scriptural. I'm going to say that one more time. You can never be more spiritual than you are scriptural. And the Bible clearly said that tongues are a communication between man and God. It is not for a conversation between man and man. It speaks to God. No man understand. In the Spirit we find that he speaks Mysteries. In other words, that's the negative part of it when it's taken advantage of it. But the positive thing is that it is a communication that goes on between man and God that nobody, including the devil or his imps or his demons, can even understand. Sometimes God wants to pray through us and communicate us. And don't nobody else even need to hear it? And can I say this? You might not even need to hear it. This is going to blow some of y'all away here. You might not even need to hear it. I might not even know it. Listen, there's some stuff I've been through in my life. It's a good thing God didn't tell me I was going to go through it or I might have quit. Now, some of y'all are more spiritual than I am, and you're, oh, I never would have. I've got my hand to the plow, and I'm never going to turn back. I'm just going to confess to you, if there was some stuff I knew about, I'm afraid I may have turned back. But I thank God that through the Holy Ghost that he prayed for some stuff through me that I never even knew was coming, but he got me ready for it. Sixthly, y'all are surprised now. You're thinking, well, he might actually finish. Why do we speak with other tongues? as the Spirit gives utterance, because it's a mean by means by which the, inter, the Spirit intercedes through us in prayer. Look we'll at Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. You see, there are times in our lives, and I've been there. There are times and there are situations that I have looked at and I'm like, God, I don't even know what needs to happen here. I don't even know. that. Has anybody ever been there before? And you've looked at a situation that is just such a mess and you're like, I'm not even really sure what exactly to pray for here. But I'm thankful in those moments That when I get down and pray, and I let the Holy Ghost begin to pray, He will pray through me. He will help my infirmities. One, one translation says weaknesses. He will pray through me. He will intercede through me when I don't even know what to pray for, when I don't even know what the right answer is, when I don't even know what I should be praying for, when I don't know exactly how all the pieces need to come together. I can just put myself in the hands of God and say, Holy Ghost, pray through me. And sometimes It's just like the scripture said, with groanings that cannot be. I know this is a Sunday morning message, and I don't want to get too deep and lose some people, but have you ever been to that place where things have just been that rough and that bad, and you're down, and you're praying, and you're calling out, and words won't even hardly come out, and you're not even really praying in a tongue, but there's just a deep groan on the inside of you, that the Holy Spirit of God is praying and interceding through you when you don't even know what it is you need to be praying about. Amen. Come on, give God praise for that if you're thankful for it. Seventh, why do we pray in tongues? Because tongues are edifying. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 4. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. Now we can take this scripture here, and it gives us a a lot of clarity. We find that when we speak in tongues, an unknown tongue, that there is edification going on, to the person who is speaking, but he that is prophesying is edifying the whole entire church. To edify means to instruct, to make morally better. You see, so Scripture is telling us, when we pray in tongues, that the Holy Spirit is instructing us and making us morally better. How do you think that works? I know, of course, it's through the blood of Jesus, it's through the Spirit, but I believe it's also through the Spirit working as we pray in the Spirit and we pray in tongues. How is it that God can take people, and some people, they think some stuff's okay, but how can God change our, 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 our thinking and our ways of thinking that sin is now wrong? When we were sinners, sin was all right, but now that we're saved, I know it's through the blood of Jesus and through the Word, but I believe that the acting agent many times is the Spirit of God. And as we let him pray through us, it edifies us. 1 Corinthians 14 and 5, Paul speaking here said, I would that ye all spake with tongues. 1 Corinthians 14 and 18, I thank God. Paul here again says, I thank God I speak with tongues more than ye all. So Paul not only endorsed tongues and said, you know, this is all right, but he encouraged it. He said, I want you all to speak with tongues. He said, and I speak in tongues more than all of you. And then in Jude, verse 20, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Folks, I'm talking about right here. This is talking about you. This is talking about your prayer time. This is talking about how you edify yourself, how you build up yourself, how you make yourself morally better. I believe part of that is when you allow the Spirit of the Lord to pray through you and pray in tongues. Eighth, why do we pray in tongues? I believe because it's a means of praying and singing in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, verses 14 and 15. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing in the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. So what did Paul say? He said, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to pray in my native language that I understand, but I'm also going to pray in the Spirit. I'm going to sing. I'm going to sing in my native tongue. I'm going to sing in a language that I also, that I understand, but I am also going to sing in the Holy. Now, we don't have hear a lot. How many of you ever heard that before when someone is saying in the Spirit? That's something you don't hear a lot of anymore, but it's biblical. The Bible teaches about it. And Paul said, I will sing in the understanding, and I will sing in the Spirit. Now, when he prayed and sang in the Spirit, he didn't understand what it was that he was saying or what he was singing. But he would do both. I believe that he's telling us here, have some balance. Yeah, you're going to need to pray in the understanding. There's going to be prayers you need to be praying where you understand it and you're talking to God. That's why Jesus, of course, gave us the Lord's Prayer. But he also said there's going to be some times where you need the Spirit to be praying through you. Believe it or not, we're here at number nine. Somebody said, it's a miracle. (laughs) Why do we pray in the Spirit? Why do we speak in tongues? Well, ninth, because the Bible tells us not to get rid of tongues. Book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 14, and verse 39. Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. Listen to your pastor. Because of the abuse by some. Or the lack of understanding, there are those who want nothing to do with tongues. I've told you that there are there were, there's some, and the I, I've I've gotten confused with all the different movements and all the different things. I don't really care. Seeker sensitive, that there are those that said, you know, we don't need tongues in the church. That needs to be that needs to be back in a back room somewhere. We don't need any of that, you know. And and many times because it was abused by some. There are those that got leery about it and say, you know what, well, we just don't need any of it. But listen, I can't do that because Scripture clearly says forbid not to speak with tongues. Paul is saying, don't you say no speaking in tongues. He so, said, well, Pastor, what's the, what's, the, what's the solution here? I want to give it to you. I believe 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 40 says this, let all things be done decently and in order just as there is an orderly way to speak in corporate worship in English there's an orderly way to speak in tongues in corporate worship listen to my heart I've been Pentecostal about all my life pastored in it now almost 20 years getting close I've evangelized I've been in this thing for so long what what is the answer what is the solution I believe I believe that the Lord wants us. He wants us to be spirit-filled, and He wants us to pray and sing in the Holy Ghost. And I also believe that He wants it to be done decently and in order. And just like when we're singing that, that song together, Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. You know, there's a good old song also, Amazing grace, how sweet. But would it have been in order for somebody just in the middle of the congregation singing, singing how great they are just to bust out in their own amazing grace? No. That's why he said let everything be done decently and in order. And in a Pentecostal worship service we know there are times when everybody's praying and everybody's praising. And some may be praising in English, some may be praising in the Spirit. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And, and that's orderly. It's a time where we come together. But I also, you all know, if you've been in Pentecost long enough, you know. Then then there are those where the Bible said, prophesied ed- edifies the body. In tongues, it edifies you. And sometimes I believe people... Sometimes there's a mix up there, and I don't have time to get into the whole into a message and interpretation in tongues. Sometimes I believe people can get carried away, think it's a message in tongues and want to give it out to anybody when really it's just God wanting to pray through them. And everything has got to be done what? Decently and in order. I believe there's a time for us. There's a time in corporate worship that all, like I said, somebody's gonna be praying in the spirit when we're up here in the altars. Some are going to be praying. They're going to be praying in English. Or maybe if you're one of our international students, you know another language in your native language. And then another one right down here, they're going to be praying in tongues. That's in order in this time. And in an altar service, when we're all praying and calling out to God, and it's an edification to ourselves. But the Bible said what? That's why he said when it comes to what's all being done, and if it's going to take the platform in front of everybody else, he said what? covet to prophesy because prophecy is an edification for the entire church. Y'all with me this morning? Finally, number 10. My Lord, I'm done early too. Why do we speak in tongues? I believe because it is the initial evidence of the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Now I know people, you know, people nowadays, they get all crazy about stuff. Nobody wants to talk about theology. Nobody wants to talk about doctrine. People try to act like that's unspiritual. Listen, if you think theology is, Theo is God, and if you think the study of God is unspiritual, something's wrong with you. I think we're getting a little bit too spiritual sometimes. We don't really understand what we're talking about. And how many of you know good doctrine is good? If there was anything, you look back on Pentecost. You can look at back. You can read about the history of the church of God. It was not personal. Listen, we had churches burned down. We had we had people jailed and pastors jailed. You know what? That, that only spread the fire in Pentecost. You know what hurt the church? Crazy doctrines. People got crazy and came up with these nuts ideas and everything. It was that that, that hindered the move of God and the work of God more than anything. And so I believe that it is necessary. We need good theology we need good doctrine I wish you look at somebody beside you and say hey we need good doctrine we need it we need good doctrine that's not ungodly remember let me quote the general overseer one more time you can never be more spiritual than you are scriptural my god there's some people that think they are you know they've gone up to the third heaven and been with God but they can't they can't tell you two things in the Bible well oh, i'm getting i'm getting on a soapbox now hold on that man Help him, Jesus. We find that it's the initial evidence of the baptism in the Holy Ghost. There are five places in the book of Acts where people are baptized in the Holy Ghost. You go out throughout the book of Acts, starting at Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, and you find five different instances in the book of Acts where people are baptized in the Holy Ghost. And three of those five, Scripture specifically says that they spoke in tongues. And another of those five, fourth of those five, when Paul then saw was filled with the Spirit, it doesn't say right then that he spoke in tongues, but I've already shared with you the scripture where Paul later on comes and says, I speak in tongues, what? More than all. So it was clear that Paul spoke in tongues. And in the last place we're talking about, something so significant happened. That Simon the sorcerer offered to buy the gift of the Holy Ghost. Listen, if it was just a little good warm fuzzy feeling on the inside, I don't think that that's something that Simon would have recognized that much or been willing to buy. But I believe that it had to have been some sort of outward manifestation that happened for him to say, I'm willing to buy this. I want to buy this Holy Ghost. Stand with me, if you will, all over the house. Why do we speak in tongues? At least 17 nations heard them speak in their own language on the day of Pentecost. I've shared with you other instances. I've one particular actually and then other cases that I could tell you about where someone that didn't know a language spoke in that language through the power of the Holy Ghost but also as well as the unknown tongue it is one of the nine gifts that we find if you list them that way to the church and let me answer this before anybody says anything or gets mad at me then there comes the question if you've been around Pentecost enough and then if you've been in some UPC circles also and heard some of that then some, some would preach and teach that you got to speak in tongues to go to heaven you say pastor is that true? let me just say this no I don't believe it I don't believe that you have to speak in tongues in order to go to heaven scripture says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved But Why in the world would you not want to? With something this powerful, with something this great, with something this life-changing, why in the world would you not want that help? Just this past week, Brother Eric, he's been working hard over here on this fence line, getting things trimmed up and cut down. It's been growing like crazy, like a jungle over there and He's been getting it cut up and Lee left a trailer, tractor here to load the pile up. Now, there's two different ways that it could be done. Could have gone out there and by hand, one by one, and thrown all those limbs in the train. I've done that before. Or get on that John Deere tractor with the front end loader and pick about all of the pile up at one time and dump it in there. Can you make it to heaven without the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Yes, I do believe you can. But here's how I feel. Just like that pile, why would I want to do it without that tractor? That tractor to me is like the baptism. Why would I want to try to live spiritually just doing it a little bit of a time on my own? When there is a power and a force available to me that'll make it easier than if i'm trying to do it on my own every head bowed every eye closed nobody looking around now i believe what the scripture teaches i believe that what we teach is the church of god again doctrine church of God's not taking us to heaven don't nobody get all messed up on me but I do believe in good doctrine and I do believe that the only requirement for Holy Ghost baptism is you must be saved now some people it's happened to them they've gotten saved and they've gotten filled with the Holy Ghost all at one time but Holy Ghost baptism won't come without salvation so I want to take a moment and I want to ask before we go any further I wonder if there's somebody here today who say pastor I've never been saved or maybe you're a prodigal maybe you've been saved before and you backslid and you've just kind of gotten away from the Lord and you say, Pastor, today I want to make things right with the Lord whatever case you may fall into there if that's you, would you just slip up your hand right quick, anybody here, you say, I just want to make things right with the Lord today I'm not saved, I'm not right with the Lord but I want to make things right today, anybody here in this house that's the case with you thank you, Jesus by testimony of no hands lifted I take that as everybody is right with the Lord so if you'd look at me for just a moment now I want to ask you this how many of you here you're like me you say you know what I'd way rather use that tractor in a bucket than picking it up one at a time how many of you would say spiritually yeah, I could make it to heaven without being filled with the Holy Ghost, but why in the world would I ever want to do that when there's greater power available to me? How many of you here would say, Pastor, it is my desire to have the power of the Holy Ghost in my life? Would you just put your hand up right now? Say, it is my desire to have the power of the Holy Ghost in my life. Now, here's what I want you to do something else and I, I don't have a lot of time I'm, I'm running out of time I've take, I thought I was done early but here we are at 10, 11.50 the apostle Paul said be not drunk with wine wherein its excess but be filled with the Holy Ghost that word filled is, I believe it's the present participle in the Greek language and what that means is that you just don't come up one time and you get filled with the Holy Ghost I got filled with the Holy Ghost back in the late 90's at youth camp But that's not the only time I've gotten filled with the Holy Ghost. Every single day I need to get up. And I need to say, Lord, fill me afresh and anew with your Spirit. Every single day. Yes, I believe that there is an initial, a first time baptism in the Holy Ghost. But every single day of my life, I need to be filled and I need to be continually filled with the Holy Ghost. So here's what I want to ask you. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, it is my desire. Maybe you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost before, and you want to be this could be your first time here today. Or maybe you've been filled with the Holy Ghost. But you just said, you know what? Today I believe every day I need to be filled afresh and anew with the Holy Ghost. I believe the Word of God. Listen, I ain't nobody, I'm nobody from nowhere. But this right here, this is everything. And I've preached this about the best of my ability. And you know what happened? One of those, I told you about five instances in the book of Acts where people got filled with the Holy Ghost. One of those five, Peter, was at Cornelius' house. And you know what happened? The Bible said the Holy Ghost fell on those that heard the Word. Peter never slapped them on the forehead. He never got a bottle of oil. What happened? The Word of God was preached. Remember I told you back in the beginning, who did John prophesy was the Holy Ghost baptized? Jesus is the Holy Ghost. Preacher, I'm not the Holy Ghost baptizer. This worship team is not the Holy Ghost. Jesus is the Holy Ghost baptizer. So here this morning, if you say, Pastor, either for the first time or a fresh infilling, you say, I want more. I want a fresh infilling of his spirit today. I really wish every single person in this building would come down. But if you're here and you say, Pastor, I want a fresh infilling. Maybe it's the first time. Maybe it's a fresh infilling. If that's you and you say, I want it, I want you to come and find a place in these altars right now. Just stand with your hands lifted. Surrender to the Lord and just say, Lord Jesus, fill me. Lord Jesus, fill me. Come on, step out right where you're at. Step out from that seat and say, Lord Jesus, fill me, afresh and anew. I want to be filled afresh and anew with your Spirit. It may be your very first time. Or you may have been filled 30 years ago, but every single day we need to be filled afresh and anew with the Holy Ghost of God. Come on, that's it. Come and lift your hands and just surrender yourself to Jesus. I told you, I'm not the Holy Ghost baptizer. Jesus is. And so would you just cry out and say, Lord Jesus, fill me afresh and anew with your Spirit. Lord Jesus, fill me afresh and anew with the Holy Ghost right now right now oh Lord fill me afresh and anew fill me afresh and anew with your spirit in Jesus mighty name in Jesus mighty name in Jesus mighty name Lord we ask that you would come down in this place oh Lord the prayer we've been praying oh Lord from the word that came at the 100th anniversary that second part was that the Holy Spirit came down we ask you oh Lord in the mighty name of Jesus Christ to let the The Holy Ghost come down in this place. Let the Spirit come. Lord Jesus, baptize us afresh and anew with the Holy Ghost of God. Let us speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance, O Lord. Yes, O Lord. Yes, O Lord. Let it rain in this house today. Let it rain in this house today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, keep pressing in. Keep pressing in. I feel like there's more here today. Maybe there's some of you say, Pastor, I, I need to let the Spirit pray through me more than I do. I wish you'd come. You say, Pastor, I need to let the Holy Ghost pray through me. When I pray to Him, when I'm by myself, it's not just for church. It's mainly for when it's just you and God, that the Spirit would edify you, that the Spirit would pray through you, that the Holy Ghost would pray with groanings that cannot be uttered. Yes, Lord. This is the time, church. This is the time. Let the Holy Ghost speak through you right now. Let the Holy Ghost pray through you. This is the time. It's appropriate right now. This is your time with God, whether in the altar in the congregation in the pews. This is the appropriate time in this corporate setting to let the Spirit of the living God pray through you, intercede through you.